Hey guys, time for a special message from a returning sponsor, one of our favorites, Mott and Bow. These guys know how to make jeans that actually look good and feel good. I know it's a crazy, crazy proposition, but they figured it out. These are handcrafted premium denim for men. And their jeans are under $100, guys. Not that crazy, typical, frankly, $200 price point for most jeans. For those unsure between two waist sizes, you can try their, uh, you can use their home try on program. So you get an additional size for free to try in the comfort of your own home. Keep the one that fits perfectly and send the other one back with the pre printed, prepaid return label inside every box. It's free shipping both ways. No need to worry about that stuff. Plus, there's such simplicity in their design. There's none of that that embroidery on the back pocket. There's no crazy washes. It's the less is more aesthetic and it really works well. These are handcrafted by artisans that have been working with denim since 1982. And in case people are wondering how they're able to price a premium jean under $100. Well, their family has been in denim manufacturing for over 30 years, since 82. These guys know their stuff. In-house production leads to better quality, elimination of production markups, and ultimately, by selling directly to you guys, the consumer, they can eliminate all those pesky retail markups. So go to mottenbow.com slash happy and automatically get 20% off your purchase. mottenbow.com slash happy, 20% off automatically applied at checkout. Try it out, guys. Hey, guys, welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused, my little old podcast. My name's Josh Horowitz. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, welcome to this week's show featuring Mr. Alexander Skarsgård, that tall drink of water, that uh, strapping young man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No, that's not Joel. Quiet. I will call on you when it is your time. Sorry. Uh, That's Joel. For those of you that listened to last week's episode with Kevin Bacon, uh, Joel paid us a visit uh, and he's paying us a return visit this week. We're going to see how it goes. He's on probation. We'll see. It's week to week, Joel. Uh, No, I'm second week more than I thought. (laughs) The response was overwhelming. They wanted to hear more from Joel and how he's doing on Avengers Alliance. Mm -hmm. We'll get to that in a second. But first, let's talk a little bit more about Alexander, who was fantastic. He came by. Uh, as I taped this yesterday, promoting a uh, excellent new film called Diary of a Teenage Girl, uh, something you know a lot about. The di- you, you, don't you collect diaries of teenage girls? I know Joel? a lot about diaries, but not teenage girls. Do you keep a stuff. diary? It's a journal. You, um, you don't keep a journal. Do you well, ever keep a journal? Seriously? No. Although I was a big journal enthusiast. Doug Funny used to have one. Doug, no, you're familiar with Doug? The card? Do yourself a favor. Okay. Every week I'm going to recommend you something to watch. Last week was Footloose. <laughs> this week, go watch the whole series of Doug Okay, on Nickelodeon. It's great. Okay, I'll do that. Um, I kept, uh, not that you asked me, but I had a journal with a, it will surprise no one, it had a Yoda cover on it. And I think I kept it for like three days. And then and I this was last it. week? This was, this was, <laughs> you were getting back into For my 35th birthday, I got that. No, this was when I was a wee child. Um, and no, I never, I didn't have the discipline, sadly. So for the presidential archives, there will be no um, journal to look at. Well, this is an audio journal of sorts. Excellent point. An audio journal. Um, Mr. Skarsgård was uh, delightful. He is starring, as I said, in Diary of a Teenage Girl, which is an excellent new film starring him and Kristen Wiig and uh, a young 
young woman by the name of Belle Powley. I believe I'm pronouncing her name correctly. She's um, she's getting great notices for this, and rightfully so. Um, she is kind of the breakout of the film. It's a it's a very you know true to life, um, authentic, funny at times, sad at times, disturbing at times uh, tale of uh, a girl growing up in the 70s, I believe, in San Francisco, and. Um, Skarsgård actually plays the mom, who's Kristen Wiig's boyfriend, who begins kind of an, an affair with the girl, which sounds – it is insane, obviously, and, and really creepy. Um, but his performance is, is really interesting in that he plays it in almost a sympathetic way. He's um, – you know, you never side with him, certainly, but you are cer- certainly seeing how he is racked with guilt for what it's worth, etc. So it's a nuanced a good portrayal from uh Skarsgård who's a guy that since True Blood has um he's kind of avoided the Hollywood thing. He did he did Battleship, yes, but all is forgiven, right? No, you no forget, I, you're you too soon. It's too soon. <laughs> um and he's also uh, I'm excited he's going to be starring in Tarzan which uh co-stars uh, Margot Robbie and is going to be directed by or has been directed by David Yates who did the last few Harry Potter movies and that they shot last year and it comes out next summer so we have a while to wait but I'm actually hopeful that that turns into something great because um, I think Yates did really good work on the Potter franchise um, that's not the Kellen Lutz Tarzan no that was I think that was animated oh yeah are you sure <laughs> maybe your you mind's eye, you brought it brought <laughs> he brought it to life so much um i know you're big is his, was Kellen your favorite part of twilight he uh, fatch nelly is yeah, probably fatch. number one the fatch it's a co it's a co-award between the fatch and, and lutz um what else to tell you about by the time you listen to this fantastic fours and theaters what can we say about it? I saw it. It's it's got it's got some issues. I I love the cast. It's not their fault. Uh, wow, it's not their fault. So I mean, you I know how you feel about the movie. Well, no, I mean I don't think it's, I don't think it's honestly as big a train wreck as a lot of people said. I think there's some good stuff in there, and I kind of hope actually that enough people see it that they can write the ship and they can do another one with maybe a different writer, different filmmaker, and. Um, because they cast it really well, and I, I think they had they had the right intentions. I think it's a movie that you can see suffers from some reshoot problems and script problems. And uh, does it feel like it belongs in this new Fox comic universe? Like, is the tone on point, or is it like a new? It's 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 a more definitely. It's certainly like. 180 from the Chris Evans, Jessica Alba stuff, which was kind of like popcorn for the whole family kind of thing. This one's definitely more grounded and gritty, I guess. But um, I don't know. There's, there's some good elements in there. It just doesn't come together in the end, sadly. But um, I'm, you know, let's give it another shot. I'd want to see it. I want to see them get it right. Sure. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> anyway, um, what else to tell you guys about for those that are checking out our fun stuff on the website? Um Ed Helms did a great uh, sketch with us that uh, is well worth checking out. Go to the MTV After Hours uh, channel on YouTube. Look it up. He was a delight, um, as is expected, because he's kind of one of the best comedians on the planet. And uh, we've got a lot of cool folks coming up. I don't want to reveal too much. Should I reveal too much? No. No, but you're trailing off and you're getting very quiet. Why Why are you telling all these it's secrets? It's because when I get, that's my secret voice. That's, that's when I, I, get, I get mysterious. Um, every week I ask you guys for questions. What do you want to know? And let's see. One question that came in. This is from, I'm going to mangle your name. I apologize in advance. Uh, Atalija Lima. The, the pronunciation was excellent. Yeah. I can't believe you know, Yeah, okay. I'm sorry, Atalija <laughs> Lima. What would you say that? He's looking at the name. 
Best movie party ever, as in parties that took place in movies, not premiere or Oscar parties, obviously. Um, best movie party ever. That is a, that's a tough question here. Let's see. I have a couple that come to mind. I think of... Uh, old school had a great party. Frank the Tank went crazy. Remember that? This Will is true. Ferrell. That was good. Um, does the does the sequence in the beginning of Return of the Jedi constitute a party at Jabba's palace? No. Uh, Tatooine. Yes. Anything Maybe? with the Sarlacc pit is a party. That's always that's, that's always a party. That's always a party. What's your what's your answer, Joel? Uh, coming back to Fatch. Can't hardly wait. <laughs> Fatchinelli. Can't hardly wait. I love can't hardly wait. That's all, the whole movie's a party, basically. It is. It's like it's it's my if it, it belongs. It's a, it's just as good as a John Hughes movie, in my opinion. It's I am it's not overselling this movie. No, it's great. Ethan Embry, Jennifer Hewitt, Seth Green. Um, wait, 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 Dharma and Greg, um, Jenna Elfman. Jenna Elfman is a great cameo in that. That's true. Dharma and Greg gone too soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Chuck Lorre. I don't know what happened. He faded to do obscurity. Oh, Chuck Lorre thing. That actually was on for a while. But before we go off on a tangent on Dharma and Greg and talking about our favorite episodes, we'll save that for next week. Uh, let's let um, Mr. Alexander Skarsgård dominate the rest uh, 40 minutes of conversation because he's he's more interesting than either of us. I mean, the man... You sound bitter about that. Uh, well, I know. I, well, I'm bitter only because and i mentioned this in, in the podcast uh, when you're sitting across from alexander skarsgård and you when you've done research and realize that you're exactly the same age as him basically and you're looking at this specimen that is like it's hard not to god got everything <laughs> right on him and i the troll man have to talk to him for 40 minutes it's it a bitter man joel it must be hard it's rough it's a rough life uh here you go guys uh mr alexander skarsgård enjoy Alexander, it's good to see you, man. Thank you for coming by today. Pleasure, man. Nice being here. I was, I was saying before, we saw each other, I think, last in Sundance for this great film, Diary of a Teenage Girl. Um, the only thing I think of when I think of that interview was, um, and I'm sorry, this is going to cloud the conversation, was the horrible sweater I was wearing. So I appreciate you coming by. Was that the Christmas theme? Like, well, there was, a, you... there was a very, it, was, it wasn't right for me. This is my usual wardrobe. Did it have wardrobe. reindeers on it and stuff? It felt like it should have. It, but it didn't, huh? It didn't. It didn't literally. But maybe you've... Did you extrapolate in your mind that it had reindeers on it? I saw a lot of reindeer sweaters out there, and I, I'm pretty sure I saw one on you at some point. I went too far. So this, <laughs> if this interview is nothing else, it's a, a an amends for yeah, a horrible I'm situation. I'm loving the shirt, by the way. Well, thank you. I wasn't mm. fishing for a compliment, but I'll take it. <laughs> um, I was just telling you that I got a chance. This is my second Skarsgård in about a month. I got a chance to uh, chat a That's bit. That's pretty much all you can handle. Is that right? the limit, you think? Yeah, it's pretty much the limit. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Bill. Bill's doing the whole crazy divergent series thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw him, and he's a. I guess he's now a, a wannabe New Yorker. Is he an official New Yorker yet? He was saying he's, he's no. Excited he's not. To... I'm, I was in LA for eleven years and moved out here about six months ago. And I moved into my place, and five days later, I went down to Albuquerque for a movie and was gone for two months. And Bill, that little brat, moved into my place pretty much. He's still based in Stockholm, but he kind of moved into my place and. Uh, has been because he's shooting down in Atlanta, so right. he's been he's been basically staying there more than I have. So, how many Scarsgard boys are there? It feels like you guys are like gremlins; you multiply. I feel like I feel like there are two, and then suddenly there are seven. I mean, yeah. how many currently we're, are there? We're seven boys and one girl. It's a lot. Yeah. What's are you guys? So, all... like, mom and dad had six kids. Yeah. Five boys, one girl, and then dad and his new wife. They have two young boys. Right. So, a three-year-old brother and a five-year-old brother. What's the defining trait that characterizes Skarsgård men that you all share, you think? 
Well, we all think we're all we're always we always think we're right. <laughs> but only in reality, you are all the time. That's obviously. <laughs> so family dinners are quite interesting. Uh, and you were saying I was. Uh, I promise we're going to talk a lot about this movie because I, I I really enjoyed it. I. I it's great. It features you, Belle, who is, gonna, is a revelation. She's amazing. Uh, yeah. Really a revelation. I'd never yeah. seen her in anything, yeah. and I think people are going to be blown away. But um, when <laughs> I, I, I vacationed in Stockholm last year, and this was the indelible image I had walking out of the, the airport terminal, was your father's face on a giant like poster, literally in the yeah. terminal. Yeah. Is that disconcerting? Have you seen that Like when, you, when you're in the Stockholm airport to see like your dad staring right back at you when you exit a plane? Yeah. Judging me. <laughs> <laughs> Usually it's just in your mind's eye, but here it's a literal representation. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's not only my dad. They, like the the whole like all the walls of the airport are kind of it's the theme is like welcome to my hometown, and they're all right. these like celebrities from Stockholm. Yeah. So there's about three hundred um, people from all like you know right. sports. I mean, from sports or politics, music or politics, yeah. and you know, and you know, uh, but yeah, but obviously, dad. I mean. He's right there. He's right there, right in front of me when I get off the plane. <laughs> as if you needed that reminder. Staring me down. <laughs> um, this film was great, as I said. It's you, it's Kristen, it's Bell. It's, um, it's a film that, it, it struck me that I've seen two movies this summer that are about uh, what goes on inside the mind of a, a young girl in San Francisco. Uh, this one in Inside Out. So I don't know if there's a trend going or what. Have you noticed that? Did you see Inside Out? I've not seen that one. No. No, do, do you know that? It's the animated one, yeah. And that takes place in San Francisco. It's bizarre. Oh, it does it? We're starting a new trend. Is it good? It's great. Well, I gotta see it. I mean, it's much different than this one, clearly. I like Pixar a lot, so I gotta check it out. They never fail, right? No. So talk to me a little bit about when this one comes around, what's the, what's the initial attraction? What, is this an easy choice to make? Uh, it kind of was an easy choice to make. I, I didn't get the script through my agents like the the way you usually get your scripts. It's uh, my you know Jack McBrayer is the sure. actor and yeah. the comedian. So we were neighbors when I lived back back in LA and and um, he was a dear friend of mine and he basically said like so my 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 my, my friend wrote this script like he's really cool and smart and it's I, I like it you want to read it it's a tiny little indie but right you know and I said sure and I read it and that was just. I'm really blown away by the story and it felt so unique and I felt like very often when you read a script it feels like a version of a greater movie that you've seen right. so like a lesser version of that or like a, right. you know a split. but this felt so unique and I felt like I hadn't seen it before and I was really intrigued by the characters and um and I felt like without getting too uh political about it I felt that it was an important movie to tell because uh, I thought there's been so many movies and television shows and novels about, you know, boys coming of age or yes. adolescents or like finding their sexuality. And, but when it comes to girls that age, it's so prudish in a way. And it's, yeah. it's, you know, they're either, if they're the, if it's the protagonist, she is so, she's just waiting for that knight in shining armor to come and save her. And, right. you know, dreaming of kids and a puppy and, a, a, you know, a nice little house. <laughs> sure. Or if she's promiscuous, then she's the slut. And, yeah. um, you know, it, this felt so just unapologetic and, and real. And being a teenager is incredibly tough and confusing for everyone. Yeah. Um, and I think you feel even more alienated if you're if you as a girl watch movies and you feel, don't feel represented anywhere. Well, I, I um, think, and I think it's, it's smart in that it's it's. 
it's not judging like any of these characters in a way. I mean, your character can easily be judged from the far he's doing some pretty despicable things. And Kristen's character too. I mean, they're all flawed individuals, but in a weird way, you're empathizing with all the three kind of leads in this, which is right. Kind well, of that was that was kind of the other reason I wanted to to be in the movie because again, I thought I really fell in love with the script and the story, and but then I also thought it, it playing Monroe would be. Uh, very difficult and an interesting challenge because again like how do you play someone who has sex with his girlfriend's teenage daughter yeah without just being too much of a predator without like condoning what he does or sure. saying that like trying to justify this the the what 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 happens how do you play him without to make it interesting and to make that relationship real yeah um I was just I didn't know how to do that and that kind of intrigued me I guess so when you go into when you say you don't didn't know how to do that at what point do you feel like I do know how to do that when you I get still on have set? no idea <laughs> in retrospect you think you know how to do that no well that was kind of the process and that, yeah. that that's what got me excited creatively about yeah. it because I felt like I, I was really intrigued by the character but I again like and that's always the best when you read a script when you're intrigued and you're you want to learn more about the character but you don't have all the answers yeah like sometimes if you don't connect at all you're probably not right for it but and also if you know everything about him the first time you read through the script there's no discovery sure. which and then it won't be fun and I don't think I would ever be able to do a good job in that case so this was just like I I was just really intrigued and th trying to like flesh that out that relationship and find moments where you know you would em you know feel a bit a little bit of empathy or at least understand him yeah. or like maybe even hope that they would stay together in a brief moment and then like not like him and then you know just to make it real and 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 um, layered in a way, and then I, so I I told Jack I was like I I think this is really really great and I want to meet Mari the filmmaker. Yeah, it was her first feature. I, this movie came out of the Sundance Lab. She did the director lab and then the 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 writer lab. Um, and I was again like just meeting Mari. I don't know if you well you met her at Sundance, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. She's just so. This has been her baby for eight years. Sure. This project, and um. She first, uh, it's based on a comic book, like, yep. or a comic slash, like it's a hybrid diary comic book. And she adapted into a play here in New York, did right. it off Broadway, played Minnie herself, and then, you know, wrote the screenplay and, you know, spent three, four years trying to get this off the ground. Uh, so just her enthusiasm and her, how excited she was about the project and her talking about their relationships and the characters and, um, it was, I mean, it was, I just called my agents immediately and I said, I read this like tiny little indie and it's, I love it. I want to do it. And yeah, because I mean, you, you mentioned that enthusiasm. I would think there's nothing more deflating for an actor than to sign on to something with the best intentions and then to realize it's, I don't know if this has happened. It, probably the law of averages, it, it does happen where like you're working for somebody or a filmmaker that it feels more like a, a job than a passion. Yeah. And that must come through yeah. on set and permeate through yeah. from the top down. Yeah. And that kind of, Extended to everyone who worked on the movie. That's why it was. I'm not exaggerating. I mean, it really was one of the greatest experiences of my career working yeah. on this movie because no one got paid really. Right. Everyone did it because they loved Mari and they loved the project. So, just the the vibe on set was unbelievable. Everyone was so. It was so. There was no hierarchy. Right. Everyone cared so deeply about the project and the characters and 
at lunch, we would all sit and discuss the scenes and like it would, didn't matter if you were a runner or um, working in catering or the producer of the sure. movie. Everyone was there pitching in, talking, like having ideas. And it was just and those are just like the dream experience. Really. Yeah. You're, uh, what kind of movie would your teenage years be turned into? Would that be a, a comedy, a tragedy, a soul-searching? It's definitely a movie I wouldn't want to see. <laughs> would it be entertaining for me to watch oh, for God, others to no, watch? No, I'd be a train wreck the whole thing. <laughs> Were you a train wreck in high school? What were you like uh, no, in those years? I spent 15 years trying to forget <laughs> what it was like. It's the next 20 minutes trying to remember. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> oh God. I don't know. Uh, it was bad. What was what was your what was your peak year of nine? I peaked at nine. Oh yeah. Well, that, that was one. <laughs> what was going on so well at nine? Yeah. I had a good year. I'm not gonna lie, man. <laughs> you won the yeah. coloring contest. What? It was just like. Yeah, you know, school was going all right. It wasn't too tough. I um, was dating two girls at the same time. (laughs) You weren't. Yeah. Were you really? Then they both broke up with me at the same time. What happened? Well, well, they collectively asked if they if they if they we could date. So it was their initiative. Wow. Very uh, forward thinking. It wasn't like they they knew it was very in the open. Yeah. Um, And yeah, then they dumped me. When I was ten, so that was when I was ten. Was oh, ten a was the worst year. year of that was the worst year of my life. Yeah, yeah. And how are you doing now? At we're, we're, I'm still I'm getting over it. You know, it, it would surprise people to look at us, but we're basically the same exact age. I don't know. You're from a different end. Are of you the 23 team. as well? Yeah. I'm oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday! Happy birthday, man! <laughs> we're holding up pretty well. Yeah, we are. All the oil of LA we soak yeah, in every day, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> don't make me smile because my face will crack. Right. <laughs> So uh, I want to talk a little bit because we have some time to talk background in terms of your your interests and stuff. I mean, when you were growing up, obviously coming from a family where your dad was a pretty big deal in terms of where you were, and, and then eventually here in in, in, a, in the states, was acting something. I mean, acting was something that came around early, and then you took a break. So was yeah. it? When did it turn into a passion? Was it a passion as a twelve year old? And then I, don't, I wouldn't call it a passion. I was when I was. So I kind of I wasn't. When I say I was a child actor, people imagine like Hollywood child actors yeah. with resumes and like yeah. you know, you weren't selling cereal reels. on a yeah like a no I, I I kind of because my dad's an actor he, so he had a friend who was a director when I was seven he was like oh Alex like I'm making this movie I need a kid do you want to be in it yeah and I was like oh sure and I did that and it was fun and then that led to another project and that led to another project so it was just kind of it just happened and. Uh, I had fun. I, I worked from the age of seven to thirteen, probably. Um, never read a script. Didn't do any like because I work with child actors now that are like yeah. seven and they talk backstory and like art, <laughs> motivation, and, like, yeah, motivation yeah. and like it, yeah, it scares me in a way. <laughs> uh, um, and I, you know, I've just like showed up. It was play. It was just yeah, like, it was fun. The director told me to say something and I said it and yeah. did something. And I, yeah, I did enjoy it. It'd be very pretentious of me to say that I enjoy the creative process because it wasn't really a process. I was hanging out eating like Cinnabons on set, and it was that great. Sounds amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> People were really nice, you know. Um, so then, but, but what happened was I did something a, a movie when I was thirteen that got some attention in Sweden. Um, uh, it made me uncomfortable. I just didn't like being, being noticed. Being, being yeah. noticed. Yeah, I didn't like the the attention. Um, and because I wasn't a professional child actor. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a difficult decision for me to quit. Yeah. It was just like, yeah, this was fun, but I can buy my own Cinnabon or my parents can buy them for me. So, <laughs> so like I, right. I just decided like, it's not worth it. I want it to be a normal 
kid and just yeah. hang out with my my friends and like not be recognized on the street. And, and were you were you a big consumer of pop culture, of film and TV because of your upbringing, because of your dad, or just generally because I mean every kid's into movies and TV, I would think. Well, like what were you getting off on as like a 13, 14 year old in terms of pop culture? Well, when I was when I was very young, we would like on every Sunday, we would, the whole family would watch. Dad had these old VHS cassettes of like. The Marx Brothers and like good movies, quality stuff right. like you know, like Charlie Chaplin and amazing old like black and white movies, and I really enjoyed them. I really did. Uh, but then when I was a teenager, I probably I was more into like Star Wars and that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Is your relationship? I would think this is not that an, that's not quality. Right? I mean, hello, Come Empire on. Strikes Back, one of the best movies ever made. It really is. Um, the your relationship with watching because I, I said before we're, we're basically the same age. I remember like when I was fourteen or fifteen, seeing like your dad in Hunt for Red October, and like, oh, this is an amazing movie. Were you like, oh, dad selling out to Hollywood because you were just like rebelling as every son does against the child, or were you like, oh, that's awesome, my dad's in a movie with Sean Connery at the time? No, I think when I was a teenager, well, because I come from a very bohemian household, like my whole family and extended family, they're all kind of artists and yeah. musicians and a lot of weirdos, <laughs> a lot of very, that I, I mean, t- today because they're very amazing, eccentric, interesting people. But yeah. when I was 13, I just, again, like one of the reasons I quit was just I wanted to be normal and I wanted my family to just be normal yeah. and not like I didn't like attention or anything. Um, and my family just got a lot of attention because yeah. my dad was famous and there were a lot of, you know, uh, creative, interesting people there. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, uh, so I, I, no, I just kind of wanted dad to have work in an office and wear a suit and drive a sob. Right. <laughs> I think no matter what, the grass is always greener. You want your dad to do the opposite. Yeah. So, um, and a long, I'm a long break. I mean, you served in the military for a bit and like what, what precipitated coming back around to it? <sighs> I just kind of realized that I sucked at everything. <laughs> Last resort? Yeah. That's kind of what happened. <laughs> what did you suck at? No, well, uh, so I went through like high school and I l- was in the military for about a year and a half. Yeah. I lived in Leeds in England. Sure. Um, and I was just, you know, I was 21. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do for a second. I was. I was into um, architecture, so I was thinking of maybe becoming an architect right. and studying that. Um, and then someone was like, no, it's not creative at all. It's like six years of math, and you're not going to enjoy it. And then, so I was like, oh, that sounds terrible. And then later people told me that it's not like that. It's pretty amazing. So, uh, A deep regret? Oh, not really. You could have been successful. Well, maybe, you could yeah, have had yeah. a real successful career. Oh, well. Been, yeah, I could have built your home, man. <laughs> My dad's an architect. Yeah. There you go. Right? Is he creative and, yeah. Absolutely. Is he enjoying it? Yeah. Well, there you go. Still going strong. Um, well, so that kind of, I was like, oh, okay, well, then that's not for me. Like, I that I want to do something more creative. Um, so, yeah, I was, and, I, and I started thinking about acting, and I was like, well, all right, I'm 21. Now, why did I quit? What was the reason? Yeah. And I realized that it had nothing to do with actually, like, being on stage or being in front of the camera, it was all about the stuff that came with it and the, the stuff that yeah. came with it. And I thought, or you know, I was thirteen, and it's a weird age again, like for yeah. anyone, um, especially being in this in, this, in the spotlight like that. So I thought, well, m- maybe I, sh- I should at least try it now and see what it feels like, see yeah. if, how I feel about it, and then if I don't like it or if I don't like 
if some if I by chance get any attention and I'm I'm uncomfortable with it, then I'll just know sure. it and I'll like, okay, this is not for me. But I felt like at least I should do it now so that I don't look back when I'm 65 and, you know, regret it. I mean, you know, in recent years, you, you've, you've done a lot of like, I mean, you've been at Sundance, I feel like a few times, you've done a lot of independent films and you've done some bigger films, Battleship and Tarzan's going to be a, a big moment where you're going to do a thousand interviews, I'm sure, um, and justifiably so. It's a big property. Is that something do you feel like you have control over in terms of that, that balance of like, of not getting all that baggage of the celebrity? Because it feels like it, it, it follows you and any actor that's, that's successful, yeah. whether they want to or not. Do you feel like you have any control over your image, over maintaining your sanity, of maintaining all the things that you were talking about before that you, that you don't want involved in your life? I mean, does it feel like sometimes you're just sort of, that you're out of control in this thing or that you feel you have control in this situation? Well, I, you know I, I think mean? I've learned over the years that not the to not like to simplify simplify the 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 decision making in a way and base it on the gut reaction like the feeling when i read the script yeah uh, looking back the the few projects i haven't had a great time on have been projects where i've i haven't felt that strong connection but then I've kind of opened up a negotiation with myself where I'm like, well, it makes check sense that box because, because of like, this. Yeah. well, you know, and then like, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm not quite feeling it, but she is in the movie or he is in the yeah. movie and it'd be fun to work with them or, oh, yeah, but this might be like, for whatever reason, like when you start down that path, I've, I've always regretted it yeah. in a way. So it's, it's a very, very, strong reaction like you just read the script and you, you either feel it or you don't yeah um and then what if you if you're if you if you feel connected and you feel strongly about the character and the script it might still not be right for you because then you got to obviously got to meet the filmmaker and sure. like you got to put all the pieces of the puzzle together and feel like all right is this what i want to do but yeah. at least that's a starting point if i don't feel that um and that can be that that can be tarzan or Diary of a Teenage Girl, yeah, you know that are on the, you know, it's like completely on the spectrum, spectrum in terms of budget and yeah. size and everything. But I felt the same way when I read Tarzan as I did when I felt Diary of a Teenage Girl. I was really into the story. I was really intrigued and yeah. loved the character. So, um, yeah. So I think for me, it's been about simplifying it and just like feeling that or if you don't just like it's not right for you yeah. and i'm also like i have very good representation very good agents that are very supportive yeah and if i say that i want to go back and do regional theater in sweden for two and a half years they're actually they would support it that's awesome maybe, so, not, maybe not two and a half but like <laughs> oh, six months then <laughs> yeah. what's your overriding memory when you think of zoolander of that experience like how many days on set was that was that was that absurd fun was it like what the what the fuck did i get myself into here well, it was kind of, yeah, it was very surreal because I was, I wasn't, I wasn't out in the States. I was working. I just like, uh, I, I went back from New York. I was studying theater here for a bit and then went back to Sweden. I'd worked in Sweden for about a year as an actor and I was on holiday on vacation in, 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 in LA visiting my dad. And, um, he was shooting something out there and his agent said like, oh, well, you're, you're an actor now, Alex. Like, do you want to, do you want to send you out on, on, you know, you want to try and go on an audition out here? And I was like, well, that'd be a fun story to tell people back home. Like I'm in Hollywood and I'm going <laughs> to audition, you know? Um, so I went to one and it happened to be Zoolander and like, 
I know because I, I didn't know what like it's just so different the system in Sweden. So yeah. I to me I didn't realize how crazy it was that like I was suddenly in a room with Ben Stiller and I was like doing something and then like they were like oh we're gonna fly you to New York now to shoot this. I was like okay, <laughs> so and it works. Two okay, months later I was in New York, you know, driving down like Wall Street in Tribeca <laughs> with with Ben Stiller listening to Wham. What, what was the audition? What, what did that entail? What did you have to do? Um, it was the orange mocha frappuccino right. scene, yeah. Because that's pretty much the only scene in the movie. <laughs> I so say. I guess we did that 45 times. And, uh, so seemingly you didn't make it. You you did not survive. Is there any chance I'm going to see you in Zoolander 2? Um, I kind of die in the first one. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. In a really, really bad way. <laughs> There's no question about it. That guy is dead. Yeah. It's a shame. It is who, a shame. Who would have known that there would be a sequel all these years later? That yeah. Been a... Unless I make a prequel. I mean... As you're you're getting younger by the day, so it could work. Exactly. What a hot American summer just did it, where they're playing younger, even though it's ten years later, yeah. right? <laughs> um, when you look back at at True Blood, which was a bit significant portion of your career and a significant you know times spent, I mean, is there a lesson learned? I mean, there's a lot of joy I'm sure you get from that job, but it is a job and it does tie you down for many months in a year. I mean, what, yeah. what percentage of that was do you look back on with fondness and 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 in retrospect you say, oh, I wish I would have approached this differently or this was a burden that's in some way. Was it, is it all gravy? Was it all great or did it feel like Well, it was... in hindsight, it's all gravy. But yeah. That's pr- always the case, isn't it? Or most often. Like, yeah. you know, At the time, there were things to... Yeah, yeah, well, you know, there were, there's definitely... Um, I'm really enjoying the the freedom now. Like it was, yeah. we were compared to other shows. We were very lucky because we did seven months. We had five months off every year, so right. it was ample time to like go see my family in Sweden or do one or two once one hiatus. I even did three movies. So like, yeah, you still like have an opportunity to go and explore and do other things, and then come back with like rejuvenated in a way, sure. like excited to play Eric Northman again. But that said, it's still. I mean, it's still a big chunk of the year, yeah. and it's as often happens with movies. If I'm if I read something and I get excited about it, and it's it fits into that like hiatus slot, yeah. Then if that if it, if that movie pushes like a, a month or two, then it's into it's true blood yeah. territory, and I can't do it. So that's obviously frustrating. Um, it, but then again, like who? Who was out of complaint? Yeah. It's like, oh, I can't do this movie that I'm excited about because I got to go and do True Blood, which I love. Yeah. So you know, but but still, like, I think creatively, it it's tough in yeah. a way, or it it can be tough. And it, it, there were definitely moments where I was like, um, because acting is all about that sense of discovery and finding new things. So that's kind of the, and how the you do engine. That six or seven years in, it's... and if you do like eighty episodes yeah. on. It's it's tough to find that like to learn new discover new things about. And we had amazing a- uh, writers on the show, and um, and they were like doing their best and really you know finding moments where I did discover new things about Eric. But um, there were moments where I where I felt like I had really had to f- push and like really yeah. find something new and you know for myself just to stay motivated and stay excited sure. about creatively excited about it. On a social level, it was just the most amazing experience ever because, you know, you, you met a bunch of the other actors yeah. and it was just a, an unbelievably amazing group of people. And, um, and also to have like, we had the same, pretty much the same crew for seven years. Yeah. So like Larry, the sound guy yeah, for yeah. seven years, which like in this industry, you work with people for a couple of months and then most of them you'll never see again. Right. You know, you might see each other 10 years later on another project, but 
to have that family, it was kind of like back to school feeling, you know, sure. every, after every hiatus, we all got back together and it was just a great experience. Uh, so I, I'm, I miss that a lot. Yeah. I really do. And as you say, I mean, it was such a good group. I mean, I've, we've done a lot. I've done a lot of like silly sketches and stuff with like Manganello, for instance. And yeah. like to see like all you guys kind of push yourselves in different areas where you're seeing, you're seeing one side of you for many years. And now that you have more time on your hands and more opportunity to get a chance to really see different sides of yeah. all of you is, is exciting for yeah. everybody. Yeah. And going through that, because like when we first started, we had no idea like what the show was going to become. So yeah. to to share that experience, to grow t- together sure. for seven years with the show, and experience how how that kind of just you know what what happened to the show, how it took off was uh, it was really amazing. Did did the focus that kind of like that happened throughout the show, like the sex scenes and the nudity and all that, did that ever kind of get in your head, and did that ever affect? choices because you know i know a lot of the dialogue about this film for instance is and justifiably so and sex is a, it's a huge component of it are like the sex scenes in it i mean does that color your your brain where you're like i probably shouldn't do a film that has a lot of sex scenes in it because that's just going to be the same old conversation again what's it like to shoot and what's it you know how i don't really think about that? it that way to me it's all about if it makes sense if it's important to the storytelling yeah. or not if it ever feels gratuitous or just like and then he rips his shirt off. Then it's just like, why? Like, it doesn't make sense. Right. Um, but I'm not going to not do a sex scene if it makes sense because, like, oh, I did a sex scene in my previous film, so I don't yeah, want to yeah. do it here. Or, like, he wakes up in bed, so, like, no, I want to wear a shirt. Like, yeah. no, he probably wouldn't. So it, it, you got to just stay true to the character and the situation and whatever feels real and whatever feels important, uh, you just got to go with it. And that that was the case with Diary of a Teenage Girl. Like, yeah. I, it's... It's no one can watch that movie and say that the sex is gratuitous or yeah. the nudity is gratuitous. Like it, it's it's done so tastefully and 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 it's important to the storytelling. So um, it really wasn't a big deal when we shot it. It's kind of fascinating. I mean, from your perspective, your character, it's like, and you can tell there's a lot going on beyond just like a carnal instinct in his brain. Like he's so conflicted in a lot of these scenes, in the, the actual sex scenes, where yeah. he, like he knows he shouldn't be doing this, and yeah. you feel the the guilt. That weighs over this character, and yeah. that, that adds a real, you know, yeah. power to these scenes. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, Do and you, there are even moments where he doesn't feel guilt, but he feels he has to say that he feels guilt, right? To <laughs> pretend that he's guilty, and feels guilt about it's it. Pretty deep, yeah. <laughs> Do you feel? Do you feel you have greater insight into? the mind of teenage girls now? Because, I mean, I've worked at MTV for a while, and I, I've known the power of the teenage girl for many years. Yeah. It's, a, it's an intimidating thing. Yeah. No, it's still an enigma. <laughs> <laughs> But so are teenage boys to me. Like, I, true, like, yes. yeah, it's a weird age, isn't it? It's yeah, it's kind of a horrible yeah. thing, horrible period to look yeah. back on. As you were saying, as that my mind is going back, like I don't want to think about that either. No. <laughs> um, I want to see if uh, how well you know the mind of a teenage girl today in 2015. Okay, I'm going to ask you some questions that I think any teenage girl would be able to answer today, and I want to oh, see how no, you would I'm do. I'm not going to get one. <laughs> okay. Um, Alexander Skarsgård, let's see how close you are to uh, teenage girls today. Who left One Direction recently? Did you hear the question? Yeah. Harry Styles? I'll give you a point for knowing that Harry Styles yeah. is part of One Direction. Yeah. <laughs> Zane. Zane. We're all still pretty upset about Zane it. Zane left? Are you okay? Do you need a second? Why did he leave? He's creative pursuits. He wants to just you know, do his own thing. Oh. Uh, so, well, you got to respect that. Right? Good for Zane. <laughs> Can you define on fleek for me? On fleek? Sounds French. 
Have you ever heard that? On no. Something's on fleek? No. Oh, really? No. Your, your outfit's on fleek today, by the way. The way you say it, is it good? Yeah, is it's it? good. It's oh. good. Yeah. It's on fleek. Oh, it's still on fleek. <laughs> it sounds really sophisticated because it sounds French, doesn't it? To be fair, I just learned that like last week, so oh. you're not that much behind you're me. You're so on fleek. <laughs> well, can you explain why Taylor Swift is your spirit animal? Um, why do you connect to her in a profound way? Um, I worked with Taylor Swift. Did did you? Yeah. How did I miss that? Wow. Yeah. Uh, the Giver, two years ago. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she is clearly a yeah. close friend. Yeah. She's really great, actually. She kind of, there's yeah. nothing bad to say about her. No. I mean, as I, much as, uh, as jaded as I am, yeah. I want to say bad things, yeah. but I can't. Yeah. And my friend wrote a lot of her music with her, so I actually know some of the stuff. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we could talk about her for hours. <laughs> Keep the tape going. Yeah. Who do you, oh, by the way, who do you think uh, A is going to be on Pretty Little Liars? I'm sorry? I feel like you're, you should get your hearing checked. Are you get, who, who do you think A is on Pretty Little I'm really Liars? emphasizing the fact that I'm an old man. I'm like, what, what? What are you saying? <laughs> Come again? Who? <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> um, I'll get you the tapes. Pretty, Pretty Little Liars is a show on ABC Family. A is, yeah. is a, it's a mystery that's been surrounding the show for a while. I guess you're behind a little bit. Uh, okay. Don't worry. Can I get like... Multiple options? Or? No, I don't know. I, uh, myself, I don't know. So. Okay. And finally, um, who would you say your, your bay is right now? My bay? Yeah. Um, is, should it be a, a person? Yeah, usually it's a person. It's usually a person? Yeah. Who do you, who do you think is bay? Um, <laughs> it's turned into like Frost Nixon. Like you're sweating all of yeah, a sudden. Yeah, oh God. Who is bay? <laughs> Don't 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 screw this up, man. We're gonna. Yeah. Uh, I met a lot of Bay people, and the. Uh, <laughs> you're so upset. You're, like your brain melted. Yeah. So you know, but I I can tell from your answer, you know what Bay is, which is that's a step, or not? No. <laughs> Alexander Skarsgård knows the mind of teenage girls. Congratulations. I feel like I'm gonna offend someone, no matter what I say. <laughs> It is Frost Nixon all over again. Isn't it is. It? I, we're both sweating. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, you, we've talked about Tarzan. You also worked, I think, recently with um, those crazy McDonough boys. Yeah, yeah. They, they, I mean, the yeah. guard is great. Yeah. Calvary was amazing. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about that project? Yeah, it's this really movie curious. called War on Everyone uh, that I did with Michael Pena. And John Michael McDonough directed it. Um, it's about two corrupt cops in Albuquerque. Yeah. And... Um, I had the best time. It was just so much fun. It was after eight months of shooting Tarzan, which was very, I mean, it was an amazing experience, but very intense. Yeah. Um, it was really great to go out and do something that the guy, Terry, I played that I play in War and Everyone is just like raging alcoholic, does blow all the time, <laughs> beats up crooks, steals their money. Like, but I'm sure it's pretty funny too. It's, it's very, I'm I sure mean, it it's is, a yeah. McDonough film, so yeah. it's like very, it's like a dark comedy, but it, uh, I loved it. It was just nice to do something that was so like extrovert in a way, sure. so in like out there. Uh, who, who are the filmmakers or films rec in recent like the year, last year or two that like really that you're obsessed with? Just as a fan, because you obviously are a fan of this of this business as well. Yeah. What you, what, what's like the last film you obsessed over? The last, I mean, and I thought Mummy was really good. Oh, oh, the Xavier Dolan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I really liked that yeah, one. Yeah. I thought. I would love to work with Wes Anderson. Just I, I'm a big fan. I thought Grand Grand Budapest Hotel was amazing. Yeah. 
Um, uh, I mean, are you attracted to a certain kind of filmmaker? Because I think of Wes, who's like that meticulous kind of like he creates a world and knows like that's the shot. There's no, I don't know what his sets well, are just like. Just because I've never done anything like that. So you're that's sort of stylized process, in a way, yeah. and I know like it's very different from what I'm what I'm used to. I guess yeah. like. Uh, and and I think that challenge was like just watching his movies. Like it's it, it's so stylized, which I which I really enjoy. And it would be you know something different. Did Tarzan feel like a challenge in that way? Where we've talked before. I mean, you obviously had to connect to the story, the character. Yates is a great filmmaker, but I don't know. Is there a different approach when you know you have to be like that kind of classic hero in that kind of a film? Is there something? Is that kind of going on in your brain too? Like there's something. There's a way to approach that that classic kind of like leading men do because you really haven't done that in that level of film. Yet. No, I haven't, and I think like that that would be dangerous in a way. I yeah, think. to if overthink you, you, it like that. Yeah, because you can't play tough. You either are, or you're not. Right. You know? And <laughs> as soon as you start thinking about like I'm I'm going to be tough now, like then right, it becomes very pathetic. Yeah. So you made a very memorable appearance at the Castro the other day for this film. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, you knew when you were going to step out of that car, you were going to make an impression. You were dressed as a woman. Uh, yeah. Who, whose idea was that? It was, it was, um, it was my idea. So we, we, um, we were in, in Edinburgh at Edinburgh Film Festival with Diary and, and, um, Mari's from San Francisco. We shot the movie in San Francisco. Um, and the first AD of, uh, uh, on Diary was um, his name is Brian Benson, and he's also cousin Wonderlet, like a legendary drag queen okay. from San Francisco. And Lady Bear was our extras casting director, and Got it. so there were a bunch of drag queens working on the movie. And uh, and then Samar was like, "I'd love to do a screening at the Castro, this yeah. legendary theater in sure. you know in, in San Francisco," and and. Have cousin Wonderlet and Lady Bear and Peaches Christ and everyone like host it and like do have a fun night. Yeah. Um, and I was sitting there with my pint and I said like, it sounds amazing. I want to come and drag. And she said like, well, of course you should. <laughs> Did your friends judge you? Did they say you pulled it off? Because you looked pretty fetching, I would say. Thank you very much. Um, I went for a little Farrah Fawcett style there. Um, <laughs> always so, creative choice. Always, yeah. always thinking like an actor. What what angle am I going to go with? Yeah. Here? Faucet. Faucet. <laughs> so we went very glam. Yeah. Um, I, it was, I loved it. So yeah, we flew in just for the day. We were, we were in London and then flew into to San Francisco and Mercedes Monroe um, did my makeup and uh, Cousin Wendlet was there obviously and they did like a um, little number from Rocket Horror Picture Show before the screening. Amazing. And, um, <laughs> it was incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. The shoes I had to wear, I had to tuck away. So like they pulled my, I'm not going to get in. It's, like very, it's very graphic yeah. and very painful. Oh. Um, yeah. Well, so, I mean, nicely. I have a lot of respect for drag queens that that was to pull that off. Like I was in so much pain. I think you should do this for the Tarzan premiere too. Making for Warner Brothers would appreciate it. Yeah. Maybe not. I really like, I really, I, Really enjoyed it. Maybe a bit too much. <laughs> um, congr- I feel really weird in my jeans. In my yeah, this doesn't jeans, look natural. On you no, anymore, like man. do you want to change? No, no makeup. Like it's. 
We'll make it. We'll let you get out of here and change into what you're really comfortable <laughs> with. Uh, it's good to see you, man. It's been fun to catch up today. And, and honestly, the movie is great. The performance is great. You should feel very proud. All right, Thanks man. Thanks for stopping by. You're my bae. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, bae. Thanks, bae. God, we sound like such posers. <laughs> <laughs> What are we doing this for? It's a promo to promote your show. What are you talking about? Why do I still have to do press for this A lot of people don't know about it. Who doesn't know about it? Well. Barack Obama? What are you, too busy leading the free world? Get on board. Just explain what your name is and tell the premise of the show, okay? You're a senior at Marina Del Rey High School. I got areolas as big as dinner plates and I use shirt on. I'm promoting the show. Are you ready to tune in to these, Earwolf? You know this is only audio. What? Right? No one can see you. I thought there was a reality show that's been following me secretly. Marissa here is a a young woman with a lot of spirit, and she's the host of a new podcast called Womp It Up. She interviews her fellow teachers and students and people from the Marina Del Rey community. And my partner in crime, Listler DJs, a bunch of songs you don't want to hear and answers your love questions. I got a lot of followers on my Listler Spotify playlist. So yeah, why so don't you check this out? Listen up. You should try out for Cirque du Soleil. I go to the circus often because it's... You feel it. Are home. you kidding me? I love the circus. I love it. We should go. Because I can't go to movies. To so it's one, it's one of the yeah, entertainment experiences. Yeah, it makes them seasick. Motion sick, yeah. yeah. Seasick is reserved for people on boats trying to flee. From a past. We tried to go see the new Nicholas Sparks movie. The best part of me. Threw up right away. Opening yeah, credits. Oh, so right. listen to Wop It Up at Earwolf.com or your favorite podcast app. Or you could listen to these mamma jamas. Put them away. Flap, flap, flap. Sound, sound effects for your breasts. The sound of my boobs flapping in the wind. Turn around. Hop. Pop. Wolf Pop is part of Midroll Media, executive produced by Adam Sachs, Matt Gorley, and Paul Shear.